welcome to another episode of the Four Glory Podcast. CJ here, and I want to thank everyone for once again tuning in. There are a lot of podcasts out there, and it means so much that so many people choose to take time out of their days to listen to ours. It's always exciting to see the numbers, to know there are people out there who appreciate our work, no matter how many. And we appreciate you all in return. In this holiday season, we hope we're bringing you a bit of joy in these cold days, and that you're having a good time regardless. This time of the year for me really makes me think of V more than ever, since, after all, I made her after being inspired by the Nutcracker. So I've been watching different versions to both get in the holiday spirit and in character. The song Parade of the Wooden Soldiers has also been becoming a favorite of mine lately. This definitely is the most wonderful time of the year for little magic wooden soldiers. Now I've heard tale that V has some fans out there, and I can't express how appreciative I am for that sentiment. I'm glad you all like my little doll as much as I do. I'll do my best to keep her alive. To everyone, may you all be having a magical holiday season, however that might look for you. As always, feel free to reach out to us. Likes, comments, emails, seeing any and all means a lot to us. Our Facebook, Instagram, our YouTube channel posts episode one week after they're aired. So anywhere you'd like to reach out to us, it's fair game. But now, it's time to get cozy under a warm blanket. Warm drink in hand as we delve back into our adventure with episode 19. No Rin, no cry. Last time on the Four Glory Podcast. Alright, here goes. What seems to be on the agenda for today? A lot of weird shit. It warns more thoughts. You'd be surprised. We should do that again sometime. And now he's dead. It must be done. You're under 30, you'll be fine. Right as rain. How did that chair just move on its own? I can see everything. Gnarly. Thought when I sobered up, she disappeared. So is that like a yes, Grimace? Why are these things always so cryptic? That's just one more case that's gone cold. Everybody around you's like, yeah. what, 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 what does that mean? What are you even talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I puts a lot to ponder on my plate there. Not everyone good is all good, and not everyone bad is all bad. Eight years of my life, and that waterlogged hell wasn't enough? You there, guy. You want to <laughs> do some manual labor carrying a corpse for me? I'll spot you. Your story continues now. table made from wood of a light creamy tone that's shot through with an array of purples greens reds and browns it looks like it was a beautiful piece of furniture when it was made but it's seen years and years of heavy use spills gouges dents and warping a large leather-bound book drops onto the table then another and another. The elegant hand of an elf brushes across the cover of the top book, leaving an ephemeral trail of crackling sparks. 
She flips the book open, begins running a finger across the page in search of something. It's not there. She moves on to the next book, searching. We see Rin standing at the table in the morning sunlight. She's digging through texts about magical properties of light and unconventional methods of mass animation, trying to make sense of last night's event. She looks exhausted. Her hair is a mess. She's dressed in the same outfit she was wearing when Rowan met her. She rubs her temples with both hands, sweeps her hair back, tucking it behind her horns to get it out of her face. She turns around, squints towards the north, shakes her head in frustration, resumes searching through her book. You arrive. And she looks up from her books. Sees the four of you. Looks at Rowan. Her face sinks. She looks... She looks like she's waiting for bad news that she already knows. Rowan's going to try to break the immediate tension that just appeared, and he clears his throat and says, <clears throat> uh, Hello, Miss Wren. Uh, nice seeing you again. Um, yeah, it's it's nice it's nice seeing you too. Jeez, uh, Lou, am I that forgettable? <laughs> where's where's Jack? Ooh, mm, that took the uh the heart of the matter. Um, I don't think that's my story to tell. And he backs up. To be quite frank, Rin, your ramblings have got him killed. Well, um... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Oof. Damn. You killed him, you old bitch. <laughs> I, I said I was I, quite I frank. you ahead of time. <laughs> Very briefly yeah. ahead of time. <laughs> Jack fought hard. And unfortunately he fell while we were trying to stop the light from and Barwin just stops talking. Yes, that's right. As I said, he has died on this perilous journey you sent us on. So, due to that, I implore you to share what you know of the Gauntlet, the blue light that emanated from it last night, and its necromantic powers. Her lower lip and chin quiver, and she quickly ducks her head to the side and like covers her, her face with her hand and, and pulls out a little handkerchief and holds it up over her eyes. I'm gonna make a perception roll for you guys. Oh boy. She was Belcora all along. <laughs> ah shit, you got me. It <laughs> <laughs> turns out it was just a wig. Quillum, you spot it. As she pulls away the handkerchief, she cries blood. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she pulls it away and her face is clean, but like you you spot blood in the handkerchief as she hurriedly stuffs it somewhere off to the side. Yeah, for me fucking weird, but Gwillem's just interested in how her tear ducts produce blood. <laughs> uh, what, what, what do we leave off with other than her crying blood? There's something before that. Some sort of terribly uh, accusatory thing, I think. Yeah, it was uh Gwillem saying, well it was your Requested journey into the gauntlet cube that got Jack killed. 
And then uh, you, sh you should be able to tell us everything about the blue light and its necromantic power. That's what it was. There we go. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. That's why I... That's why I wanted someone to go out there and find out. All I knew is that it was coming. I didn't know what it would do. Is there any kind of check that any of us can do to see if she might be lying or hiding something? Yeah, there is. Uh, I wouldn't because I believe wholeheartedly that she believes her own nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All of us looking somber and sad with Ren and Willem's just over here completely irritated and impatient because he wants his information <laughs> on how to actually deal with the problem. Rowan's just stone faced, just like, should I even be here right now? I have no idea what's going on. It's <laughs> like, ooh, I shouldn't have come with guys. Ooh, this is the whole time. Rowan's just thinking, what if I had goat legs? Do <laughs> or it's just like, <laughs> you know, when I offered to, when I offered to help Harry Jack's body, I wasn't really expecting y'all to take me up on my offer. <laughs> I think it would be perception against deception. Yeah. It's perception. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But, uh,. She's she's not lying. She doesn't know. Hmm. She turns and looks to the north. And she says, It's still there. Well, yes, we didn't raise the lighthouse to the ground, Rin. No, the light. What do you mean? This isn't over. And let's not waste time. Well, before we go, I wonder if you might like a couple of these eccentricities, Rin. Gwillem's gonna pull out a gold tooth and an amulet of channel protection. <laughs> <laughs> very tone-deaf, very woman. <laughs> and then, like, hey, Can I offer you a golden tooth in these trying times? <laughs> yeah, right, what the fuck? <laughs> I pulled this out of a corpse <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with He you? doesn't play well with others, I'm sorry. <laughs> Borwin, to try to uh, make up for the current situation, will bring down the uh, the blanket full of his uh, items. She looks kind of quizzically at the blanket and says, what's, what's this? These are Jack's items. And she places her hand on it. It's a very somber moment. And she says, Thank you. Warwin nods and says, I'm sorry for your loss. I know. She nods like she's agreeing with something, but something seems a little off. Like she's nodding slightly to the left. But then she focuses on the other crap that Gwillem's laid out before. It's a quality gold tooth. But, uh, pardon <laughs> me, the, the other quality items. <laughs> the, the, don't ask me where I found this gold tooth. Do you want to buy it? Uh, fell off a truck. I was going to say, is it like a cleanly removed? Like, Gwillem is so good with a scalpel that like he just... gory. Well, the like gold, he cut, like, oh, the, like he cut tooth the tooth out with a perfect his, surface. The, the golden tooth we came used out of a... We the shovel. <laughs> it came Christ. out of a skeleton that's been dead for quite a long time. Oh, never mind. So it just kind of came out of there. 
she looks over the items and she determines that for the gold tooth, she'll give you four gold pieces. That'll play. That'll play. And for the channel protection amulet, she will give you twenty-eight gold pieces. Jesus. Oh my God! Someone, one of us isn't poor anymore. <laughs> Uh, Gwilym never really told anybody about the amulet, did he? I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't think I'd have cared. I don't think I told you guys about the amulet, uh, the, the the channel protection amulet. I'm not sure, but I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, then, yeah. Then, then then there's no argument about it then. Well, after getting a sizable double handful of gold here from Rin, uh, Gwilym's gonna turn around and ask. Well, is there anything else we need before we go back up into the lighthouse? So you're expecting more trouble up there then, I take it. Whoa, my boy, let me tell you. Open a door in there and you'll find trouble. Rowan smirks <laughs> as he taps on his shield and he says, Well, it's a good thing I came to arm then, eh? Well, what kind of weaponry do you carry? Well... I got my old sword and shield here. Served my great-grandpappy Oakley Myrtles quite well in his life. Thought I'd try to be a hero just like him. Born's gonna smile upon hearing that. He finds it endearing. I dare say it was quite a lucky find having this morning star around. The skeletal figures we found are quite susceptible to its bludgeoning damage. Hmm. Good to know. I mean, do you think I should wield this for now at least, or...? Borwin takes the morning start back. I'm giving away my money. No. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I that. thought you already had it, Borwin. <laughs> oh, no, don't don't worry, Borwin. I'm not planning on taking it from you. I definitely understood that one. Well, why are you trying to give away my things? Well, either way, I can still bash with my shield here. Formidable <laughs> enough, I suppose. <laughs> at least I wouldn't want to be bashed by that. Anyhow, for any true contributions, my boy, you must look at the larger picture. I'm sure my books will help more than any of your deeds. Well, either way, I could be of the most use on the front lines. I can also attack from a distance, if need be. Fair enough. Just so you know, I will be helping you stay alive as we continue into the lighthouse. Not only me, but my assistant, Rupert. Rupert, don't think I met him before. Willem will reach down and unbuckle his familiar satchel, and Rupert will climb up onto Gwilym's arm, over, up, and onto his shoulder, and give uh, a friendly wave. Rowan's going to look at Rupert, then at V again, then back at Rupert. <laughs> eh, why not? Nice to meet you, Rupert. Shake his Rupert's going to fly over and shake his hand. He takes it back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time anybody's formally said hello to Rupert. Yeah. You, you see Rupert scamper off with your wallet. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this was clearly taught to him by Gwil. Hey, now. <laughs> Rupert is monkey only by paw. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Rupert, get in there and steal their amulets. I'm going to sell them oh for gold. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole time, Rin is standing there just crying. 
Do you mind, Ray? We're trying to have a moment here. I, I, I what? <laughs> no, I feel like we would have done this outside. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's the joke. Yeah, right, so. yeah. Jerks. Are, are you guys heading in? Um, yeah. Nobody said that they needed anything else. So, here we go. I can't think of it. I mean, the only thing I would think of is more torches, but I don't I think we tore through a lot. You guys you guys have a bunch of torches, I think. Mm-hmm. Do we? Okay. I don't have any, but... I have... I still have, uh... I still have three torches, as far as it goes. Okay. Rowan would ask on the way there, Hey, would y'all mind giving me the short and quick of what to expect out there? I've never been in a room before. Well, here are the facts as far as I can piece together. The Gauntlet is a lighthouse, a building constructed by the evil sorceress Belcora 500 years ago, and she was thwarted by the group that founded the city of Otari. They named it Otari after one of their members who died during their mission. We happened to meet a floating green light within the lighthouse, who claimed to be Otari themselves. It's been quite an expedition so far, to say the least. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> We've encountered some specters, some giant horseflies. Uh, horseflies? You mean... Ah, yes, yes, you'll see. Oh, boy. <laughs> they are not horses who fly. They are flies that are as big as a horse. Stop, Barwin, you ruined it. I mean, I, I know what a horse fly is, but... I, I, hmm. hmm. He scratches his chin. You'll also meet some gremlins as well. They're not easy to kill. No, no, but they are led by one boss Skrong. If you ever encounter him without one of us, simply claim to be a new member of the Mud Flickers, and he may leave you be. Well, I'm not planning on separating from any of you, but keep that in mind. I don't imagine they're still alive, but there were a couple others we were looking for within the Gauntlet. We haven't seen them come or go, so I imagine they must have perished. Any evidence they've met their fate would be welcome to me. Oh, I simply um, need to know what not. happened to them. Borwin, uh, by the way, I, I have something that may help you through some dark times. And uh, Gwilym's going to hand him the Elixir of Dark Vision. I get it. All right. <laughs> what is this? It'll help you see in the dark. Hence my joke. Yeah, you'll get it later. All right, so we're, this is obviously daytime by the time we get here, yeah? It is. It's uh, midday. But once you make it out of the woods to the swamp, just that impenetrable fog hangs in the air, covers everything, makes it dark. Hard to see. Like, dark as in, like, I would probably need a torch kind of dark? No. As in, Borwin's already pulling out a torch? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's dim, but yeah, I, yeah, kind of. Borwin's gonna have a torch. Yeah. As Rowan is seeing Borwin pull out a torch, he's going to hold up his hand and say, Hold on a moment, friend. Let me try and do something first here for you. He's going to reach into his backpack, take out a oil lantern, and attach it to the shield sconch. Ooh, Sconch. fancy a yeah, lantern not, not shield. Magic conch. Sconch. Uh, okay. Uh, is it is it the, the bullseye or the hooded? Hooded lantern. Okay. Bright light 
30 feet. There you go. However, the visibility while you're outside is still not good, just because the fog obscures everything. So once mm. you get indoors, and it's just regular old darkness from the, the light filtering through the fog outside, then visibility gets a lot better. Okay. So you make it to that gatehouse, and you find yourself looking at where that bridge once was. One day we'll fix that. Ooh. Okay, so I just rolled perception for you guys. There you go. As you approach the precipice, looking out across the water, you see those waves again. And you're able to see Borwin. I'm going to put you in the front because it makes way more sense. <laughs> you see off to your left something big moving in the water. Bum, bum, bum. No bombs! No bombs! Oh, yeah. You see what at first looks like vaguely like a shark's fin, but there's two of them. You think two sharks, but then you realize that they're moving perfectly together and dipping back under the water. Double shark, twice the shark. Poking back up. Uh, upon seeing this, Borwin uh, draws his axe. So everybody, roll for initiative. Ooh. It's happening. Are we We're, we're going to fight? Double shark, twice the shark. shark. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It looks like my luck from the last time is still going strong. Well, I got I got some doubles in here of everybody on the Skelethrax. Oh, sorry guys. I'm sorry. Excuse me. What? <laughs> Another one. Remove all. <laughs> Another Skelethrax. Yeah, that shouldn't be there. Yep. Sorry, I had to remove it yeah. all. I, I don't know why everything was still in there. Go ahead, give it another try. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> and we kept the initiative from last time or no? Ew! Well, I take it yeah, back, you know, keep we're it. keeping it, we're keeping it. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're keeping this one, yeah. Well, <laughs> 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 Rowan, I guess you were about to get initiated into God Nightkeep. Keep your wits up. Okay, Gwillem rolled a 24 for initiative using perception. B rolled 20. Barwin rolled a 23 for his initiative. Rowan also got a 24. I have rolled for this thing stealth of 22. A good grouping, everybody, including this thing. Means <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it. Oh man. I don't like the look of that thing. Oh, it doesn't like the look of you either. Oh, fuck. Allow me to so sort. Just go. That's there fine. we go. I like this Biolante-looking motherfucker over here. Okay, so, uh... He's hidden to everybody except for Borwin, who was able to spot him earlier. Rowan, you've got first. Uh, well, you or, or Gwillem, both of you guys have the same initiative. Who wants to go first between the two of you? Uh, he is right up in the front of the line. Flip so, coin. uh... But we're all off. Okay, so that sounds like Rowan doesn't want to go first, so we're gonna give that to you, Gwillem. Okay. Nope, you're first now. You're first. You see off to the left some sort of creature moving in the water. You can see where the water's coming from, but you can't tell exactly the location of the thing. It is, at this point, about 35 feet away from you. About 35 feet away. Okay. Um, there's not much that I can do to something I can't see very well. So, what I am going to do is cast Infectious Enthusiasm. 
Uh, Golem's going to spin his right hand around his head, tap his staff on the ground, and say, Brood Videl! Uh, I will choose attack rolls, which means anyone can take an action on their turn to gain a plus one bonus to their attack rolls for that turn. Yep. All right, there we go. Uh, that's what, two? And uh, then with Tariam, Gwilym will cast shield. That will be his turn. Next up in order is Rowan. Rowan, you are aware that there's something over here, but you can't quite make out exactly its location. You can attempt to seek to try to find it. Okay. First action, draw my bastard sword out, because we're still sheathed. Okay. And then for my final two actions, I would like to ready an action where as soon as this thing comes within range and attacks, I'm going to strike out at it. Got it. Next up is Borwin. Borwin, you know where this thing is. It is not hidden to you. This thing's about 40 feet away from you. Looks like two sharks in the water. Moving synchronically. Synchroniciously. Borwin doesn't want to fight in the water again, so I'm going to delay my turn. Okay. There you go. So it's this thing's turn. <sighs> okay. This thing becomes aware of you. The shark's fins that you saw dip down under the water. And this thing bursts forth, showering everyone and everything with water and and little flecks of duckweed as it takes to the air. Excuse me, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. It leaps out of the water into the air and starts flapping its wings. This horrible thing to behold is greenish blue looks kind of like a dragon except instead of having feet or legs it's got flippers it's got a long tail it's got a long neck and a long face long wings a frill that runs down its back messy and it leaps into the air and then flies towards you it uses a thing called Speed Surge. It's one action. It's able to move twice. That's quite a surge of speed, sir. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> it's going to trigger your ready to action there, Rowan. You get to make Sweet. an attack against it. Cool. How's a 19 sounding? A 19 mm-hmm. is a hit. Sweet. Hey, there you go. So what Rowan does is as soon as this thing leaps out of the water and starts flying towards his companions... As soon as it gets in range, he readies his sword behind him and slashes upward, getting it right across the chest area. Rolling damage. Looks like it's going to be seven slashing damage. It takes your damage. Sweet. Then it is going to attack. Oh, actually, hold on. We got a reaction. Is it too far for Borwin to hit it? Well, it's not his turn. Oh, I thought he'd had readied an action. My bad. Gotcha. Ooh, he's got a reaction that he's going to use. Oh, no. So it makes a strike against you with its tail. Okay. So it's got a thing called Tail Lash. It's a reaction that says, Trigger a creature within reach of the... uh, It's called a River Drake, by the way. There's a freebie. A creature within (laughs) reach of the River Drake's tail uses an action to strike or attempts a skill check. So that's you. You struck. Effect. The River Drake attempts to strike the target using its tail. If it hits, the creature takes a minus two penalty to the triggering attack. So there's a chance that that might miss. Does a 19 hit you? 
Oof. Unfortunately, it does, because I did not raise my shield. Okay, so he hits you with the tail. He deals eight points of damage. As you swing that sword at him, it flips around with the tail and slaps away your arm. Hurts, and it reduces that attack roll that you made by two, turning it into a miss. Hmm. Ooh! Ouch. Then, it's going to attack you. It comes at you with the bite. 18 to hit. 19. Oh, okay, so it misses with the bite attack. Sure, that misses. Woo, yeah, that that's misses. good. Nice. Okay, and then, just a reminder, Borwin, you have to tell me when you're coming back into the initiative order. It could be at any time, or? At the end of any yeah. phase turn. Immediately after the end of the Drake's turn. So you come back in now. We're going to drop your score down to 21. This thing's got one more action. It is going to attempt a second attack against Rowan. Got a nine. That's a critical miss. Oh, boy. Nice. Let's see what this thing does. So this is an unarmed or a natural attack. So it says, just a taste says you hit an ally adjacent to you or the target. So that doesn't work. So we're going to get rid of that. We're going to try one more. <clears throat> As per the new house rule we made where if a fumble or a crit doesn't work, you get one single redraw. So this says fist meets face. Holy shit. You critically hit yourself with mm -hmm. the attack. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that damn is uh... <laughs> Did, oh. did it just kill itself? Well, we'll see. We got a crit card coming. This is, that's oh my God, crazy. That would be oh, hilarious boy. if it did. Uh, Rowan, this doesn't happen often. Oh, so piercing, piercing attack says, ah, grazing hit, normal damage. Crit effect, the target is stunned three. <laughs> Damn. Stunned three. She yeah, just, he just bit the ground. Stunned three. So stun says... You can't act while stunned. Stun usually includes a value which indicates how many total actions you lose, possibly over multiple turns. So, stunned three, and it hits itself for normal damage, which I rolled 16 points of damage. Boom! That, that is not good for this creature. It takes the damage, and it completely loses its next turn. <laughs> so, Borwin, your turn. This thing is in reach. Uh, as it becomes stunned, it falls from the sky into the water. It's still within reach. Spelush. Borwin's going to spend his first action gaining that uh, extra point for his attack. Okay. And for his second action, as to reassure him that this battle with the Drake will not go sour, he feels a surge of energy take over and his axe begins to glow. And with that surge of energy... He lifts his axe into the air and strikes onto the drake. Does a 21 hit? Oh, yeah. 21 is definitely nice. going to be hit. Nice. Is it going to be flat-footed since it's stunned? Or? That is a good question. Let's take a look here. So it says, You become senseless. You can't act while stunned. Stunned usually includes a value which indicates how many total actions you lose, possibly over multiple turns from being stunned. Each time you regain action, such as at the start of your turn, reduce the number you regain by your stunned value. Then reduce your stunned value by the number of actions you lost. For example, blah, 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 blah. 
stunned might also have a duration listed of a value such as stunned for one minute. Ooh, that'd be bad. Stunned override slow. If the duration of your stun condition ends while you are slowed. Okay, that's not the thing. Uh, no, so it doesn't, no. Okay, so sorry about that long ramble. We're going to cut that out. No. I think the main question okay. is because it fell from the sky, is it prone? No. Aw. I feel like it would be wincing at the pain and just bring itself down onto the water. But it's going to be seven slashing damage and an additional three positive damage. Okay, so you get this thing for ten points of damage. And that will be Borwin's turn. Next up is V. Alright. I fortunately have a weapon with reach, so one action, take out the lance. One action to get that plus one from Gloom, and then I will roll. This is gonna be two-handed, because I'm not on Henry. Uh, would I be on Henry? I would be I would Henry, assume so. But I'm not, I don't have... I don't have the shield. I'm just imagining rewriting Henry, who's also carrying the stretcher. God damn. 16. No, 16 is going to be a miss. Mm. Next up, we return to Dr. Gwilamevig. Top of the order. What are you doing? You know, uh, let me recall some knowledge, please. Okay. So, let's see if you've got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you got that skill. Nice. According to my cheat sheet... You can ask one thing about it. What would you like to know about it? Give me a worst save. The worst save on this creature is going to be its will save. Ooh, it's will save, you say? I do. <laughs> All right. Dash you. As Gwilym points his staff at it, there seems to be a, a very bright flash of light, and I will need it to roll a will save, please. Yeah, 20. Uh, 20 is enough. That's a success. Oh, okay. So what does that do then? It just does uh, four points of damage? It still does four points of damage, correct. All right. There we go. Uh, is, that, is that everything? That is everything. I did That's a recall action. knowledge, then the two-action cantrip spell. Yep. That's a Rowan. All right. Rowan's going to strike out at this creature one more time. How about a 20? Does a 20 hit? 20 is enough. Now, here's a cool thing. Because both Borwin and Gwillem damaged this thing, I'm going to link this butte. It's a thing I call a United Assault. My strike gains a circumstance bonus to damage rolls equal to the number of other different creatures that damaged the target since the end of the target's last turn. So, both Borwin and Gwillem have damaged it, so I would get an extra 2 damage to this. So that turns that into 12. 12 slashing damage. Nice. So it's one action. Yeah, that's a 20% bonus in damage. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Gonna go for a second strike. This thing looks really, really hurt. How about a 17? 17's a miss. Damn. Okay. Final action, raising the shield. Shield goes up. This thing is is hurt bad. It's bleeding profusely. Starts shaking its head, and looks like it comes back to... Borwin, your turn. So for his first action, he's going to take his axe with both hands okay. and, and attempt to try to finish off the creature. Axe back, swings as hard as he can. There's a 19 hit. A 19 is just enough. Yay. All right. Nice. It's going to deal 
minimum damage, so five slashing damage, and then the additional three positive. Oh, you know what? This thing's going to use its reaction because it's back, baby. It's back. Tail lash. Here it comes. Uh, Fifteen to hit you. That'll be a miss. Oh, nice. the tail flicks out and swipes at your arms as you're trying to swing the axe, but not quite accurate enough. You come through and you hit this thing in the neck and lop off the head. <laughs> it plops into the water and the whole thing slowly sinks. Orwin will swing his axe to the sides, removing all blood from the axe. Then he turns to Rowan and says, Welcome to the Godlight Keep. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Just like felling a young sapling there, Borwin. Well done. Indeed. Rowan's going to try to emulate Borwin's axe flick with his own sword. It's not as graceful, but it gets the job done. Well, I would certainly like to spend some more time taking a look at our friend here, but I understand we have matters at hand. Shall we cross? Leading the way. Rowan's going to carefully maneuver through the water and get to the other side of the bridge, waiting for the others. Oh, there's no carefully about it, Rowan. You squilchy squelch across this murky water. It's gross. The surface of the water is about four feet down, and then from there it's about four feet to the bottom. And it's just sucking mud. It, it is so... such like a quagmire. You get pulled into it, it makes it very difficult to get across. But you manage to get across, and you have to kind of climb over the corpse of this thing under the water. But you make it across, mm. you come up, eventually everybody else gets across. You almost lose your boot, but then you manage to, you know, like, crouch down and yank <laughs> it out of there. And you get across, you put it back on, you pour out all the water from your boot. You got, like, a leech on your foot. I pull it off, definitely. Ah, uh, it's another idiot. Okay, so oh. you yank the leech off. <laughs> and uh, start start bleeding. But uh, you, you make it to the other side. Everybody else makes it to the other side. And I think I'm piggybacking on Borwin again. Yeah. I like to think that Rowan is going into the water looking all brave and ready to take on the world. But as soon as he gets steps inside the water, he's just like, oh, oh no, I hate this. Oh no. <laughs> you get into the water and immediately you're like, ah, oh, I lost my boot. <laughs> my boot's too wet. You make it into that, that first grand large chamber with doors to the left and right and the stairs leading to a hole in the roof and far ahead you all know that there's that open doorway leading to the bottom of the lighthouse well let's get moving yeah, we are going to trudge ahead through this difficult terrain, and that is this area. Uh, maybe it's a welcome hall? I don't know. Rowan would be marching forward, sword out, and lamp out. So, you make it to the bottom of the lighthouse, and you see, on the floor, in the center, looks like a blood stain. And let me tell you... It's still rippling? It ripples every once in a while. Rowan points that out and says Is that normal? I've never seen blood ripple before. It's certainly not good. No. So don't touch the blood ripple, got it. I suppose we've never tried it. You may give it a try if you'd like, but I wouldn't advise it. Yeah, no, just by y'all's reactions, I I ain't gonna anywhere near that. But I do not want to have to deal with this again. Should we try filling it with something so that it cannot come out? Does anybody got a sponge? 
Uh, with that shovel, we could bury it with the debris outside. I, I think we should try to move with maybe some haste. I'd rather not waste any time with this thing. If it does come back. So I take it that y'all killed whatever all this blood came from? Bowen remembering the blood splatter all over the room. I guess you can say that. If you don't mind me asking, is that what got your friend? I don't know. Rowan's going to look back at the blood pool, and with a shiver down his spine, he's going to turn away and keep walking forward. You go up the stairs. They creak and they sway. And as you get to the top, that trap door is open. Rowan, not thinking too much of it, he's just going to continue up. You climb up. The beacon isn't lit. There's no blood on the beacon itself. The crackling energy between those black bars still creates the illusion of a faintly glowing glass. And you look at where Jack's body fell. He's not there. No! What? No! That's it. That's the end of the episode. Have a good night, everybody. What? <laughs> Son of a You best be joshing right now.